Blog Talk Radio. Show live, and I'm your show host, Dame Lillian Walker, and I am in beautiful Southern California, Huntington Beach. Oh, it is just a wonderful thing to be alive, and I'm so excited. We have a guest that's returning to be on our show today. His name is Ian Wynn. He is an amazing entrepreneur, and Ian, I thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Lillian. Well, will you tell our listeners a little bit about your background before we dive in deep into our subject matter about the secrets to success with effective heart-centered communication? Yeah, so again, thank you for, for having me on. It's always I always appreciate our conversations. Um, so uh, I have, uh, I'm, a, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've started a number, uh, I don't know, I think I'm up to nine different companies. I've sold two, uh, failed at most of them, and uh, you know, along the way, it's it's been a great journey. I've consulted with Fortune 500 companies, small companies, big companies, and what I found along the route, the the road, really is, you know, over all of my years of experience, is that everybody's looking for a single thing, and it and it's really, really uh, exciting to be able to help people find what that is that they're looking for. And, and, and at the end of the day, um, you know, in all of my businesses, and I think all businesses in general, uh, you know, aim to provide an increase and improved happiness. And I think that's really what people are looking for in their lives. And so what I'm doing now with my business, Chasing Limitless, it's, I, I've really stepped into it. I've, I've had the business for a couple of years, and we're really stepping into it now. Uh, you know, we're really focusing on helping deliver that message and those, and those goals to businesses and business owners. Uh, we just happen to be going about it in that way. There's so many different avenues you can go to, to achieve those goals. Well, one of the things that's always intrigued me about your background, Ian, is um, you have really, uh, in my opinion, you have really fine-tuned and crafted the use of not only the spoken word, but also the written word. And you've done it effectively online, and you've been able to apply that through you know, the multimedia communication platforms on the web, integrating both not just video but also you know, in websites in order to effectively mm-hmm. reach folks and have them respond. You know, people respond in, in predictable ways, and you're mm-hmm. able to get a certain response by, by the words that you choose to use to communicate with. And I know that you've been a master um, student of communication, of words, of marketing, of human psychology, of uh, things like neuro-linguistic programming and things like that. And uh, and I, I really appreciate your taking time to share some of these insights with us because these are um, subtle nuances that give you not-so-subtle results when effectively applied. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, absolutely. And I really like the way that you said that, subtle nuances that, that result in not-so-subtle results, right? Uh, it's mm-hmm. so interesting, you know, right before I jumped on this call, uh, you know, I, I, I'm on LinkedIn and I get messages from 
unsolicited sales opportunities every single day, right? And it was mm-hmm. so interesting. And as, as I read these messages, um, you know, some people could, could uh, you know, read what I say as maybe a little harsh, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, in my world, it's helpful, right? So, you know, somebody mm-hmm. sends me a message and everything is focused about them. You know, it's a, hey, I have this story. I have this book. I'd love you to, to read my book. I'm really passionate about this. It's, it's going to be great. I think it's the most fantastic thing ever. You know, and when we look at communication, uh, in, in all of its variety of forms, video, written, spoken, however you want to look at that, even visual, people only ever do anything because they themselves want to do it. And, and at the end of the day, and it's harsh, but I don't care about you, right? Like in our mm-hmm. world of busyness, and I do, but, you know, if you're sending somebody a message, operate under the understanding that that, that person doesn't care about you. You need to show them that you care about them. And I think that's, that's, you know, as we talk about heart-centered communication, that could be at the core of it, you know, and, and, and it's a, in complete juxtaposition to my statement of, you know, I don't care. Um, that maybe is not entirely fair, you know, but when said it breaks people out of a stupor, right? They're like, what, you don't care about me? You know, and, and it's so interesting. So the feedback I gave this person was, you know, talk about me because I don't know about you, Lillian, but I love to talk about me. I love to hear about me. I love it when other people talk about me. I mean, heck, who doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's true. It's, it's interesting. It's the Wickham yeah. principle. You know, what's in it for me? The, so the person, especially yeah. if it's somebody you don't know, they're like, why, why am I even taking time out of, my, out of my day, out of my life, and allowing you the privilege to have my undivided attention? If there's nothing in it for me, then they're out of there. And that's why most people are dismissed. Mm-hmm within a nanosecond. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's why, you, I mean, when we go back, and I love the statement you just made, Lillian. It really is. You know, it's, it's a privilege. People's time today, unlike ever before, it's a privilege to have attention. Right? It, 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 it absolutely is. And, and so if we choose to go through our lives in a way that we, that we see and accept that as a reality, that it's a privilege to have somebody's attention, how would that change your day-to-day dialogues in your personal relationships, in your familial relationships, business, or even with your employees? You know, it's a privilege for them to pay attention. It's, you know, so if, if I'm talking to one of my employees, I know they're busy doing the work that I've given them or, you know, they have things in their life that they need to, that they're dealing with, right? Life happens. It's an mm-hmm. absolute privilege when somebody is, is giving you undivided attention. And I think, you know, if we start to approach our world in, in that or from that perspective, uh, you know, how would that change? So I'll ask you, I'll ask you that question, Lillian. How would your world change, your business, uh, or even, you know, one-off conversations if somebody approached you or if, if more people approached you uh, with the perspective that it was a privilege to have your attention and, you know, they operated from that, from that foundation? Well, I think that um, I think because it's such a rare commodity to find somebody who is engaging you uh, with that anchoring from that place of intention that it is a privilege to have your attention. I think it would catch my attention because I I I believe in my heart that I am uh, you know that I'm centered and that I'm sensitive to those nuances, and uh, I usually can tell when somebody is just trying to 
to get to me to sell me something, which is probably 98 to 99% of the people. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, and I'm being completely candid and honest here because this show is about the bottom line, secrets to success, no BS. We don't have to be politically correct here. And so this is not meant to offend anyone. This is here to provide education and insight so that, you know, the listeners here are actually able to walk away with something valuable. And let's face it, mm-hmm. the truth is, and, you know, of course I'm in media, so maybe it could be perceived that perhaps more than normal people are trying to solicit me to, you know, get me scripts, music, you name it, right, get on the air and whatever mediums we have. Um, but the truth is business owners too, because I've had both both situations, you know, when I owned my, my mortgage bank and also when I owned my um, real estate, you know, they, those were brick-and-mortar businesses. There were there was always constantly a, a huge uh, amount of, you know, support service providers that were trying to get to me as a business owner mm-hmm. because I was a key decision maker. And every business owner that has a brick-and-mortar business out there is going to know this. And even those who have online businesses only, you know, that it, it, they're even more removed where people can't get to them as easily. Um, but the bottom line is they have services they want to provide, everything from copiers, you know, lease copier, you know, office equipment, phone sales to, I mean, you name it. The sky is the limit. Even perfumes, they, they would come and try and sell me, you know, custom really? perfumes. Oh, my gosh. I, I would not, I, I can't even begin to tell you, you know, software <laughs> you know, that you can use, you know, for, you know, managing your business to, I mean, it really is limitless the amount of services that were out there. So either you have to have a gatekeeper, you have to have a system by which to kind of keep those people at bay. But people can become pretty aggressive and pretty uh, skillful at still getting a hold of you. And so mm-hmm. but the majority of those also still want to um, sell you something. And so the ones who, who have a greater uh, avenue of success are the ones who really are interested in me first and finding out what needs I have and really wanting to come forward and say, hey, you know what, I heard what you said. You said, you know, this, this, and that, that you're having, you know, that you either have a need or a void or are looking to create X, Y, Z. You know, I might be able to help you with that. Either they personally can or they can connect me to somebody who can. And I'm like, ah. And so that's, you know, if I think we would be, uh, everybody would make more money, there would be more love, there would be more joy, we would be having more parties if more people (laughs) came from this place of, you know, let's listen first, see where I can, because obviously there's things that I have to offer that may be of value to you, and if I take the time to to look at that first, then this may be a win-win, all, you know, it'll be mutually beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it makes perfect sense, right? And and even as you're speaking, there's 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 a book that um, I, I I require everybody who works for me to read, and and the book is it's not new, and I even considered trying to do a rehash on it, right? You know, completely, you know, transforming it and and making it new. And as I thought through that process, I said, you know, it doesn't even make sense for me to do that because the principles that were written down decades ago are they're just they're principles. It's so sound. And I'm sure you've read the book, and I'm sure we've talked about it, Lillian. It's, it's How to Win mm-hmm. Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Oh, I love I mean, that book. So yeah. I mean, so, and, and if we, as we talk about heart-centered communication, or if we talk about just communication in general, and or building a relationship, creating rapport, of so many skillful uh, communications or conversations or processes that I've implemented in my own life, regardless of my other training, 
right? It's so simple. It's kind of staggering in its simplicity. Uh, when, we, when we look at it from, you know, hey, this was written so long ago, and we, and we translate that into today's world, it's still totally applicable. And I think, you know, to, to what you're saying is, you know, at the end of the day, when we're willing to take some time, get out of our own brain, our own head, and step back and say, I'm willing to, to, to shut up and listen and give this person some time, that creates an, an energetic connection. It, cre- it makes them feel good. And, and beyond all of that, it also will, will make you more memorable in their mind now and in the future because you've set yourself apart, right? You know, it's, it's so true, uh, Ian, and it's so funny because, <laughs> um, as you know, I, uh, one of the key things that I do you know, for a living is I, inter- I interview people. And I've been interviewing people since I was 11 years old. And wow. I remember early on, you know, I know a lot of people who hate interviewing, you know, prospective employees and going through that, quote, unquote, weeding out process and so forth. And for me, it's always been a kick in the pants because it's part of the inherent, you know, it, it runs through my veins, so to speak. But I remember years ago um, hearing about, you know, what are some of the more effective, you know, interviewing techniques and I remember um, hearing that if some, and I would listen to, you know, uh, you know, trainings and recommendations on both sides, you as the interviewer as well as you, the person going in for a job interview, even though mm-hmm. I've never personally applied for a job because I've always been self-employed. But I would listen <laughs> to it from both perspectives because I wanted to have the yeah. entire, you know, view of the thing. And I remember uh, hearing and coming to the awareness that the best interview that you can have with an employer, if you're going for a job interview and um, you're going to, uh, you know, obviously you're going to be talking to yourself, talking to uh, somebody else that has the power to hire you, one of the best things that you can do is to get the employer to spill the beans, everything about themselves, and you say as little as possible which seems very contradictory and counterintuitive. But think about it. If you are going to apply for a job and you have somebody who is the ultimate decision maker who is you know, going to say whether you go to the second or third or fourth round of interviews or whether you know, the buck stops with them and right there and then they can hire you, wouldn't it make sense to slant everything so that the odds are in your favor you know, and frame Ab- that Absolutely. Meeting? Absolutely. I mean, so, go ahead. No, I was going to say. I mean, isn't isn't that the that that's a key to success? When you, I mean, it goes back to the the, the core concept of this show, right? It's it's mm-hmm. heart centered communication, and so you can't have any level of or any conversation of any semblance of depth if if all you're doing is doing the talking, if all you're doing is speaking, and you're not listening, and you're not connecting with somebody let's call it that interviewer, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're just, you know, you're racing to the bottom of the barrel where, you know, you're not going to have any kind of results, whether that's in sales and in interviews, uh, regular conversations, dating, you know, uh, arguments with your spouse or friends or whatever it may be, you know, unless mm-hmm. you know what somebody else is feeling. And I think that's the core of what we're talking about, right? You know, mm-hmm. somebody else's emotions, you know, that's, you know, it's listening to them, you can extrapolate, how they feel and where where they're at on a mental and emotional level, right? Well, 
And and so that is, I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head. What is the other person feeling? And that's what what you, I think, you know, you're brilliant at at figuring that out rather quickly, and you're able to draw that out in not only spoken word, written word as well, so that when you're communicating online, whether it's a web page, whether it's an email, whether it's a text message, it doesn't matter what it is, you're able to quickly uh, communicate in such a fashion where you can get a read. You're the thermometer where you can take the temperature of how hot or mm-hmm. how cold that other side is. And I know for a fact that one of the things that you do, and I, and I hope that more of our listeners will, if they take nothing away, if they just take that one nugget of, of truth and the insight that if you can uncover what it is that you can do for the other person before they find out anything else about you, that is the single most powerful thing that you can do. And I know that for a fact that you do that effectively because all the time when I talk to you, whether I, whether I talk to you, you know, you know, I might for the next, you know, 60 days as an example, be talking to you quite frequently, and then you and I may not talk for six or eight months for whatever reason, but you mm-hmm. always come back with, you know, what is it that I can help you with? What is it that you're doing right now that, you know, I might be of service? And uh, that hope that opens up the whole, a whole arena. So can you elaborate a little bit about what you normally are, what's going through your internal mind and what your feeling center is doing as you're going through that process? Interesting question. Um, so, yeah, and, and, and before I answer that, one of the things I love about our relationship is exactly what you just said. You know, and in the inverse, whenever I ask that question, you know, you and I often battle back and forth to see, well, no, like, what can I do for you? But, you know, hold on, what can I do for you? <laughs> and I think, it's, I mean, if we look back at all of our phone conversations, our sit-down, all of the time we've spent together, that's really interesting, isn't it? And, and I think that yeah. allows – a depth of relationship where maybe we don't see each other. You know, it's been, it's been a what, mm-hmm. two years since we've seen each other probably. I think or, so. And, yeah. Yeah. And beyond that, like whenever we get on the phone, it's, it's, it's almost like, you know, time hasn't really passed. It's because it hasn't, the yeah. foundation, yeah. The foundation of the relationship really is all about, well, what can I do for you? You know, it's something that I work with my wife constantly on. And so mm-hmm. to go back and answer your, your question and, and correct me, um, if I'm if I'm not getting uh, the specific question correct, it's you know it really is about how do I how do I stop my internal dialogue? How do I you know as I'm listening to somebody how do how do I connect with them? And the biggest and it's a serious challenge for me because I'm thinking on a lot of levels all at the same time. And even in this conversation, I'm telling myself mm-hmm. to stop thinking, right, and just mm-hmm. to listen, to be present. There's a reason why I'm not in front of my computer. I'm in my backyard. I'm under a 250-year-old mm-hmm. gigantic, you know, tree, oak tree, and I'm just, and I'm just mm-hmm. standing here. There's horses. There's goats because I want to be present listening to you. So as we go through this, as, as you know, if we're looking at a nugget here, it, it's stop the internal dialogue, shut down the computer, yeah. maybe even take notes and be present within the dialogue. Yeah. You know, even over the yeah. phone, you, you, you're having a totally different experience because you're, again, going back to one of the components of our initial dialogue, it's you're giving mm-hmm. somebody or a group of people undivided attention saying, I'm here, I'm present with and for you. And, and mm-hmm. I think that alone, you know, can, will change the overarching dialogue. It will change the questions you ask. It will change, you know, because as we all know, the quality of the questions, you know, is the determination of the quality of your results. 
right? The better questions, so, you know, the better answers you get. Absolutely. And I absolutely love, I totally got, the, you know, I call it the God feeling as you were talking right now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a big one. And I'm going to call attention to it, and I might repeat myself, but it's because it's an important point and an important insight. So you said that your, your effort, your, you know, it's high on your list of priorities to be present when you're talking and you're listening to someone, and in this case we're doing this, this radio show. And so you physically remove yourself from the distraction of the computer and you go outside under the oak tree, interesting where you're connecting now with nature, and you're obviously, you know, when you're out with nature and your feet are on the grass and so forth, you automatically get grounded. And I think that's such a beautiful thing because your your left brain is like, okay, I can't have all the distractions, you know, from the computers, so let me put myself outside, away from technology, et cetera, so I can be really present and I can really hear and feel, you know, the other person on the other line. And that mm-hmm. that one thing alone could could be worth millions of dollars over the course of the next several years and people don't realize just that one thing Oprah says time and time again people just want to be know that they're seen and heard and that's what you're doing absolutely so let's take that I mean we can talk about the seen and heard but you know as I'm standing outside there's 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 actually been studies done, uh, and I do this whenever I'm doing something creative, right? I don't do marketing in the same way that I've done it in the past. So I'm not doing creative marketing. I'm not even writing emails or writing, you know, web pages. I'm not doing that anymore for other people, um, you know. But what, what I found and what I've read in numerous studies, you know, from a creativity perspective, is your brain releases and, and runs totally differently when you're surrounded and this is, this is crazy, but when you're surrounded by the color green, because oftentimes you, you're sitting in mute, a muted color office or cubicles or, yeah. you know, wherever you're at is bright, isn't vibrant, right? And specifically with the variety of greens, you know, that I happen to be blessed with. I live in the Pacific Northwest. I'm a little bit outside of Portland. You know, I, I, I mean, there's so many thousands of shades of green that even as I'm turning in a circle, I can see on the property, off our property, you know, whatever that may be. You know, that alone triggers different creative processes in your brain. So if you ever need to be creative, step outside, go, go surround yourself with green things, uh, and you'll see a total shift in, in the different connections that your brain's able to make wow. related to con- uh, creativity. It's, it's, it's actually really fascinating. Wow. So go stare at a tree or green plant or green grass. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or and, put, put a bunch of green plants in your office, you know? Well, and, and people don't realize, and I sound like a scratch record. I know my kids, you know, they don't tell me that I sound like a scratch record because I'm always beating them to the punch. It's like, I know, I know, I sound like a scratch record. But really, our bodies, everything, we're, you, may, you can visualize your body as being a series of test tubes with all sorts of chemicals in it, and in the middle, they're being combined all together in a bigger pot. And when you Mm -hmm. look at colors, there's a chemical reaction that actually takes place. I know for a fact, not only from a physicist's perspective, but also from an allergist that I used to work with who unfortunately is now retired, Dr. Debbie Nambudrapad. But she uh, confirmed to me, as well as Dr. Sandra Rose Michaels, who's also a physicist, that you can actually be allergic to a color, where every time you really? see, let's say, the color. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, for example, huh. uh, Dr. Nambudrapad, and I was surprised when I heard this, and then when I thought of it, you know, 
because I have a pre-med biosci background, I thought, oh, my gosh, that's right, because you have a different chemical reaction when you see the color red than you see the color green as opposed yeah. to the color blue. I'm like, I never thought of it. That I never realized that you could be allergic to a color. And she went ahead to relate to me an incident where she had a patient that came in, and this was a testimonial of somebody who had been deathly allergic to what they thought were citrus fruits, and it turned out not to be citrus fruits. It was that when she was a child, there was a heavy trauma that occurred to her while she was eating an orange. And so she anchored that negative emotion with the orange, the the orange peel. And Mm -hmm. so she had no idea that she was allergic to the color orange uh, until Dr. Debbie was able to test her on, you know, the way she does, and she was able to bring it up that it was the color orange that she was allergic to. Once she treated her for being allergic to the color orange, rerouted the neurological pathways of her brain so her brain would no longer release antihistamines every time she saw the color orange. Wow. She was healed. No more eczema, no more hives, no more, all that gone. Wild. Just to show you, colors are powerful. I mean, it's, it's, and it's so interesting when we look at what our brain does. And so, you know, that's, 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 you know, our brain is the supercomputer that's, you're saying, okay, well, let's do a little bit of this. Let's release some of that chemical. Okay, well, we need to mix that together. Let's do this. You know, and, and so as we look at, you know, kind of how you open the show with, you know, with words or, you know, whatever that is, you know, as you look at what those, how our brain receives those words, whether it's in a positive light or a negative light, it's, it's that alone shows the value and the power of communication outside of just, you know, the common day-to-day dribble or, you know, the, the BS kind of conversations that you have, you know, every day. It's when, you, when you get into a word, trigger words, you know, whether it's, you know, death or baby or suicide or hate or fear, you know, the, all of these are, are different, you know, they're powerful trigger words, and, and it can be something a lot more benign, like, you know, the color yellow, you know, or orange. So amazing what our brain's able to do. And because our brain's able to do that in the first place, Let's look at the possibilities of what our brain could do on the positive spectrum. When we start to anchor language in our bodies and in our minds on the positive side, you know, even with somebody else, imagine what the outcomes of your life could be aside from living the same day 365 times every year. You know, when you start to shift, you know, specific language or communications, and interactions with people just through language. You know, think about the differences in results that you can get by, you know, saying happy as opposed to sad one or two or 15 times a day. Well, and that's what I love about what it is that you're doing because you're, you're very intentful on helping people, you know, t- chasing that point of limitless because things can always, I always say people, things can get infinitely worse, but the good news is they can also get infinitely better. And you really help people focus on chasing the limits of how good can it get. Things can always get infinitely better. And you have a a tried and proven strategy that you've, you know, through your entire lifetimes of work and a lot of, you know, you try things that work, they work, great. And things that don't work, you're like, okay, we figured out a way that it doesn't work. Now that's one less 
one less thing we can knock off on our list. We won't do that again because that clearly proves that it doesn't work, and now you mm-hmm. keep on moving forward. <laughs> but you're able to put people in a system where it's like, okay, if they're willing to follow the steps and believe that this is actually going to work, and you've got plenty of others who have, have um, succeeded just as you have, they're going to get, you know, again, because people respond in predictable ways, they will get results. And so that's mm-hmm. why I think this conversation is so important. And there really isn't any limit of what we can be, do, or have. Um, we see plenty of, of people as evidence. And, you know, Bill Gates didn't start off as a billionaire, and neither did Steve Jobs, and neither did Elon Musk, and neither did, you know, there's a list of many, Oprah Winfrey. They started with really nothing and have created literally billions. And that's available mm-hmm. here for all of us. And it's not, we're not just talking about money. We're also talking about abundance in other areas of your life, lives, you know, in terms of, you know, friendship capital. You know, you're, you're one of the mm-hmm. great assets in my friendship capital reservoir. And uh, one of the things, it's funny because we alluded to the dance that you and I kind of do. It's like, well, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. But the, the thing is, I really am, and I'm not, it's not just, I want our listeners to know, it's not like you just, are you gonna? I'm like, oh, I'm gonna see if this works. Let me find out about them first. And no, the the reality is, you have to be genuine in your heart, where you really have an interest. And let me tell you why. And I want you to jump in where you see fit, Ian. When I okay. talk to you, Ian, Ian, and I'm gonna use an eye so that they see that it's a personal, a true thing. When I talk to mm-hmm. you, I'm not interested in telling you any, about everything that or anything that I'm doing. I genuinely want to know. Where are you? What are you doing? What's the most exciting thing that you're doing? If you have a challenge, if you have a, a, a hole or a void in something that you're looking for something and you haven't quite found it yet, I want to know what those things are because as soon as, you, as soon as I see an opportunity for me to provide something that I can help you with, irrespective of whether I make money on it or not, because that's not the intention. Mm-hmm. I know that God, the universe, will take care of everything else. Now I'm like, oh, my gosh oh, you need this or you're looking for that, oh, immediately, this is what I can provide. This is what I can, now I know how I can help you. And I know yeah, that once I can, it's satisfying. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and, it, and it's so interesting because, you know, I reached out and, and, and within all of my dialogues, and, you know, part of the reason, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give the other side of the coin to something that you said, it, I love hearing all the things that you're up to. And when, when, when it's like when, when there's the tit for tat and there's, there's two sides of that coin, I really mm-hmm. enjoy because, you know, with, with the people who've, who I've taken the time with and who have chosen to take the time with me, it's like I get excited to talk about what I'm doing with people because I, I, I want your feedback. So when I, when, mm-hmm. when I have the privilege of, of getting in depth with this is what I'm doing, whether it's new or whether it's something I've experienced with, you know, you, we, there's that connection. And, you know, this whole dialogue is about the, the heart-centeredness of, of communication. It's, you know, hey, Lillian, this is something I'm doing. I'm super excited about it. You know, what do you think, right? You know, because then, mm-hmm. then there's, there's the vulnerability of is this a crap idea or is this a great idea? You know, mm-hmm. it's just, you know having that, that intention and attention to the conversation, you know, allows mm-hmm. for, for a layer of dialogue that most people miss out on on the day-to-day simply because they're unwilling to, to give forth the time. You know, and, and that's a super serious challenge with, with, with media in today's world, whether it's social media or all the videos or you know, Facebook, all these different platforms. You know, we're, we're, we've, been, we've been forced into, and I, I foresee 
uh, and this is a little tirade right here, but I, I, you know, I kind of foresee a clawback of, of the 140-character dialogues that people have. It, I'm not going to say it's going to go away. There's still a ton of value related to it. And I think you're going to see people really start to appreciate the sit-down conversation, the true, real dialogue that's beyond clips and bites and whatever they may be. You know, having a serious um, conversation where I say, you know, I am truly interested in all of the things you're doing, and, and how can I be of service? Not just, not just playing service to the statement, but being true, no. you know, f- from the ground up related to that statement. And to, the, to something that you just said, you know, as we talk about communication, and you can just, in, you know, all, everything that's being said, it's, you know, it's, it's, we haven't gone into serious specifics. We've been dancing around. But when you look at all of the, all of the dialogue that we're having and, and, and attribute that to your business or, or, and your life, and, and, and start to integrate this, I'm actually going to spend five minutes, I'm going to shut the hell up, and I'm going to listen to my husband or my wife. I'm going to seriously mm-hmm. sit down and hear the challenges of my employees or my children mm-hmm. or, you know, hell, the person I'm sitting next to at the bar or on the train. It, it totally, totally shifts how people perceive themselves, and it will change their day by smiling and listening to what they say and truly being, you know, whether you know them or not, giving them the privilege of your attention because so few people actually get that kind of attention. Yeah. And, and I think if I could paint a, a word picture for, for those who are listening in on the show today or listening to this later from an archive, is picture a field where you have all these piles of things and they're all covered with a gray blanket. So you're like, and you've been told that there is the opportunity of a lifetime under one of those one of those piles. You have no idea every pile has a different value, but there's one that's that if you uncover it, it has the opportunity of a lifetime. In fact, there's probably two or three, but there's one that's really a huge opportunity of a lifetime. And there's no limit to how many of those piles you can uncover. And all you have to do is walk up to the pile, take the gray blanket and see what's under the blanket. And maybe in the first one, you're going to find that, oh my goodness, wow, there's, there's all sorts of tasty food here. Some, you know, this looks really appetizing. This is like an Epicurean feast. Holy cow, I, I could have never imagined this. Great. Now, do you, now you go to another one, and at, at the other one, you're like, oh my gosh, I, I've always dreamt of having a Lamborghini. I had no idea it was a Lamborghini. You know, then you go to another one, and maybe you've been trying to have a baby for three years, and there's the baby, you know. You don't yeah. know until you take that gray blanket off, which is how, again, how you choose to start your conversation as you engage with people, whether you know them. This is the thing. It doesn't matter whether you're meeting them for the first time or you've known them for years. And you can even change the nature of the relationships that you've had in the past. You probably have a gold mine gold mine mm-hmm. just in the people that you already know there's a book called um i don't know if you've read it it's called acres of diamonds and in the I book i haven't read it but i've heard of it i've not read it 
It's a great little book. It's short. It's probably only about 100 pages long. And in Acres of Diamonds, it talks about that guy who wanted to move from one place to another because, you know, the grass is greener kind of a thing. And mm-hmm. um, they had this old house that they had inherited, and they, they, they just wanted to go find their fortune elsewhere. And so the, the guy finally decides, okay, you know what, I'm just going to sell this. I'm going to sell this old place and see if I can make my fortune. I'm going to go travel west. And then the next family comes along, buys the house, and they find that there's this, there's this gold mine of diamonds literally in the backyard. And so all that time he had been sitting on an acres of diamonds and he didn't even know it. And the point being is the people that you know already, you don't have to go chasing. You know, it's always great to meet new people, but the chances are that you already have a gold mine in the relationships and the people that you know because those people are always attached to other people. Just like yesterday during our conversation, you uncovered there was somebody that might be of benefit, you know, to myself and to them as a result of one of the things that I'm working on. Had we not come from that intention of, you know, you know, what is it that you're doing? What is it that I can help you with? Neither you or I would have uncovered any of those things. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to go back to something that you were, you know, talking about the, the perspective and, and you know, this, this whole dialogue has been about communication. And, and I think, you know, the, the, I, I really, really enjoyed your, you know, the acres of diamonds. You know, you're always looking for something, you know, from somebody else. You know, it's like, you know, the grass is greener on the other side or that pasture is going to be more fruitful or that business is going to be better. Or if I just do this, I would say, let's take it and make it more personal because communication, you know, the, the core of our communication, positive and negative, originates in our own internal and personal dialogue. So if, you know, we've kind of started outside and if, you know, if you're open to it, let's move inside and talk about how you have that communication with yourself. You know, it goes to your mindset to, you know, if if you mess up, how many times when you've made a mistake and, you know, anybody that's listening, how many times have you, when you've made a mistake, your, your first conversation is like, oh, I'm dumb. I'm an idiot. I, you know, I'm just a mess up. I always mess everything up. This is terrible. Nobody likes me. You know, that's the internal dialogue. And, and from my perspective, that is the furthest thing from being heart-centered. So as you, as you go through the process and you, you start to look at communication externally, it's so much more challenging. And I'd love your feedback on this because I, this is, I have found it challenging in my world and in my life, you know, dealing with all the stuff that I've had to deal with and, and whatnot. The internal communication, having that self-dialogue that's, that's open or that's heartfelt, and that you're going to actually, one, listen to, two, act from, right? When you, when you start to act from a, in, in, in a caring and considerate way about yourself, and, you know, it's, you know whether, it's, whether you want to say, hey, this is, you know, it's the woo-woo stuff or there's science behind it, the reality is when you have a belief, a mental construct that you're terrible, you're not good, that's what you're going to see. Your brain is going to search for and find those things. When you shift your perspective and you start to say, hey, everybody messes up, or I'm not terrible because I made that one mistake or these 50,000 mistakes, you're not a bad person. It's just a mistake is a mistake, and you can choose the perspective of which you perceive it in. You say, hey, that's great. How could I learn from that? Or, you know, I'm not a bad person. I just, I messed up or, you know, whatever that may be. So if we start to have that positive internal communication and going back to the whole slowing down and being considerate of, of our dialogue, I think everything results, success, relationships, happiness, joy, 
frustration or failure starts with that internal dialogue. And I think, you know, there's, there's so many tools and processes, and this is a dialogue that you and I have had probably numerous times about the, the, the internal conversation. You know, what do you think about the ability to, to shift that dialogue? And, and, you know, because I'm curious, uh, not to take over asking the questions or anything, you know, how have you implemented no. that, that, that shift of dialogue in your own world and own, in your own life? And what kind of results have you seen that are tangible that that's created? Okay, so for me, and this is, uh, I think, a real, another really big takeaway and insight, I think, for, for everyone listening here. And recognizing that when you have, first of all, there's a distinction between your left brain and your right brain. That's one way of thinking about it. Or you can think a bit about your ego, your egoic self, and your heart-centered, your true higher self, or God's voice within you. And when you start recognizing that anytime you have a negative thought that is self-defeating, that is self-deprecating, that is um, self-injuring, that doesn't feel good, like, gosh, that was such a stupid thing to say, I'm such an idiot. If that's your internal dialogue, trust me, that is your left brain, that is your ego speaking. Your ego is not your amigo. Your, your heart-centered <laughs> higher self would never say, is very loving, very unconditional, and would never say something like that to you. So that's your first red flag. It's like, gosh, I'm such an idiot. Gosh, I'm such a moron. And the thing is, if you keep on, if you put that on a loop in your head and you just keep on saying, gosh, I was so dumb. I can't believe I, it's like, and you're beating yourself up. First of all, stop it. <laughs> because that doesn't do anything to edify, encourage, or help you. It, it, it has no positive effect. The only thing it does do, it's there to serve as contrast and for you to realize oh, wait a minute, okay, maybe I didn't like the way I appeared or, or responded in that way, and it's less than uh, what I would have liked. But it's like, you know what, I'm going to let go of this thought. I'm not going to beat myself up anymore. Just mm-hmm. literally, just say, I just throw it away. And if you actually have to do a visual picture of actually taking that thought and putting it in a trash can, you can do it. I don't need to, I don't personally have to do that, but I know people who do. And um, I just recognize, oh, I'm the awareness that that's the ego, that that's a, a self-defeating negative thought. It's not something I want more of. Anything that you give your attention to grows and expands. If you keep on resisting it, it's going to persist. So I'm like, oh, that's how I used to think. That's already in the past. Just my being aware of it, by definition, it's in the past. What I want is, and now I can say to myself, if I'm by myself, I'll, I'll say it out loud. No, I am a strong, powerful, successful woman. Um, I am, you know, attracting, you know, abundance and prosperity and everything that I do. Everything has a way of working itself out for the best for me, blah, blah, blah. And if those sound like scripts, then you, nothing gets past you because you're absolutely right. I have to have those scripts at my fingertips so that when I have those negative thoughts, I'm not scrambling to figure out what is it. No, those are affirmations, things that I want to manifest in my life and now I can erase the effects of the negative and now I'm like no this is what I want you know I see now what I don't want that by definition defines Mm -hmm. what I do want and half the battle is recognizing what your left brain or ego is thinking and what your true higher self your true higher self always wants what's best for you and it's not going to beat you up over anything it's just that experience was there was to, to shed light on you, if, without that darkness, you wouldn't have the light shining on the darkness to make you aware of that darkness. So it's there for you to say, oh, wait a minute. Okay, that's not cool. Okay, I'm going to let this go. And this is what I want. Mm-hmm. Now you can create more of what you do want. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and it's and it's so interesting. And it goes, you know, I go back. I have those own internal scripts that I run on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm militant with my mindset, and I've realized, mm-hmm. you know, I've had great successes, I've had huge failures, and I've realized over the course of, uh, you know, the years that I've been doing this work, and it's there's an ebb and flow, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. you know, yearly, monthly, daily, weekly, whatever it may be. And, and acknowledging that ebb and flow of, of, you know, energy out, energy in, and then saying, mm-hmm. you know, even when I'm in a slump or I'm not feeling great or whatever that may be, one, it's, it's taking the time and having a practice to recognize it. And then once you recognize, you can do something about it, right? It's saying, you know, because there's, there's so much just BS going on, you know, going back to the, yeah. just the, the, the sound bites of everything in our world from, the, you know, all forms of media, and don't get me wrong, I love media, you know, but it's, mm-hmm. it's taking, being willing and seeing the time and taking a step back and, and looking at it and saying, my internal dialogue is doing X, Y, or Z, and I now recognize mm-hmm. that. And then now what can I do to your point, you know, what you're saying is, how do I shift that? How do I stop that dialogue? And, and you know, even if you're listening to somebody else, you're like, oh, they're full of crap, they're, they're lying, they're not doing this. It's so amazing when we start to quiet and or listen to that voice, you know, it, 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 it lends itself to so many insights about how we are actually thinking. It can be scary when you start, when you first start doing it to say, crap, that's, that's the default. That's my unconscious mind. That's like, that's the mental chatter that, that my unconscious mind hears and is dealing <laughs> with. Chatter. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy that. when we think about that, right? It is. <laughs> It's crazy, and, and, and when and you start, when you become aware, it's like, you're like, wow, there's a lot of negative, you know, garbage that's going through that I'm allowing, you know, you're the gatekeeper. I'm allowing this to come through and to keep going on a loop. It's like, this is not acceptable. It's, it, and it's not. So all of my clients, you know, I, and I work with executives of large companies and, you know, in the coaching and consulting we do, and I've trained my employees to do the same thing. It's, we are militant with ourselves because we have to be the leaders for the people we're working with. And so even very successful people have this dialogue that is totally wonky and it's totally separate from where they say they want to be to where they say they want to go, you know, regardless of dirty goals. You know, it's, it's, it's their mental framework won't allow them to get there. And it may be years or decades I've experienced with people saying, well, this is what I want. They don't know how to get there because they're not taking the time to listen to the mental chatter, the BS, you know, conversation that's going on behind the scene. But what we do is we, we, we open those doors and and it's ugly for people sometimes because if it's been 20 years and you just haven't dealt with it, it's a challenge and you got to, you got to, you got to, you know, Stand up, you got to straighten your back, and you got to deal with it. That way, once you, because once you see it, and again, this is, it's, it, this is such a cool conversation about the heart centeredness and how it goes from it starts on the inside and works itself out. And, and if, you're, if you're willing to, and, and that's the key word, I think, it's really when you're willing to do the work and, 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 and look at yourself, and, and we have processes with our clients where it's for 31 days, you're going to do this every single day, and, and, and we're going to track it. We're going to track that you're doing this work that you said you're going to do, and if you don't do it, guess what? I can tell. I can tell by your, the language that you use whether or not you're putting in the work. If you're not, I can tell simply by the words you're choosing. 
and it's a it's something that it's progressive. Nobody is ever, you know, once we get rid of these meat suits and we go six feet under, then then it's over. Then, you know, okay, uh, you have no opportunity to, to change anything in this world because you've made the transition. But as long as you, you pass the mirror test, you can fog up a mirror, you're still walking and breathing in this earth, it's the now, this moment, as you're listening to this, you can just decide. And as you, as you make that decision, which is the the biggest thing that you can do is just decide, you know what, I want to be able to identify when my ego is saying and doing things that doesn't serve me as opposed to my, my true heart and, you know, my higher self, whatever you want to call, but the purest part, mm-hmm. the essence of who you truly are, that awareness always wants what's best for you and will never beat you up. It's forgiving. It doesn't even recognize whatever wrongdoing that you've done, the things that you've done that make you feel guilty or or uh, give you shame, let it go. It's in the past. It's not in your present anymore. And if you want to create a better future, you're going to do that right now by a decision. And even the Zohar talks about every beginning is difficult. So the, the, the hardest thing you're going to do is deciding right now, okay, I'm going to decide that I'm going to, you know, this doesn't mean that you're never going to have any negative self-talk. It's just that you're going to decide when I have any kind of negative self-talk, any thought patterns that are not in my best interest, I'm going to be aware of them and go, oh, wait a minute, that's not really me. That's just a mm-hmm. negative thought. It's my ego, who's not my amigo. It's like, you know what, I'm going to kick you out of here. And this is yeah. how you can affirm what it is that you want. And so, you just do that one moment at a time. Yeah, I would say, I would, I, because I love this, I would disagree with you, Lillian. I would say, okay. and, and it's, you know, maybe it's not you, but it's, it's maybe you, know, you said the Zohan. I would say making the decision is easy, right? People make okay. decisions all the time, sticking to the decision, right? You know, it's, it's ah. people, people say they've made the decision. They're like, oh, well, I've, I've decided. I can't tell you how many times I've decided on something. I didn't stick to it. Decisions mm-hmm. are super easy to make. And, 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 mm-hmm. and that gives people a sensation of, of, um, of power of control, but at the end of the day, you know, I've made decisions that I've never stuck to. However, oh, we all have. When I, when I choose every day, you can look at it like, um, you know, AA, right? My brother's an alcoholic. He's mm-hmm. gone through AA. And the whole thing is one day at a time, right? Mm-hmm. You choose the construct of your reality. You, can, you choose every day, and that starts with a decision. I'm deciding that this is who I am, and every day I choose to redecide, and the stick-to-itiveness, the creation of habits, the, the, the development of neurological pathways that support and, and, and drive forward the decision that you've made, it takes time. Mm-hmm. It takes work. It does. But at the end of the day, when you, when you consistently decide, because a, a decision is never a one-time thing. You decide, you see some results, and things can change in an instant, but you need to continue to Absolutely. act towards the outcome of that. Well, and I think what you said is so powerful and uh, an insight that I'm recognizing and I'm going to language it this way is like, okay, yeah, the decision making, it's like it's easy, it's easy to decide, but guess what? You don't have to decide just once because if you yeah. decide and then you don't take action on it, don't let your ego be, you know, beat you up and say, oh, you see, you're such a loser. You decided that and you still aren't doing it, blah, blah, blah. That's, again, your ego. So throw away the ego, say, nope, you're not my amigo. And you can decide again. And it's, uh, you know, in, in essence, 
those who ultimately succeed are the ones who choose over and over and over and over again, even in the light of those things that seem to be failure or things that don't, don't serve them. They're like, okay, they have the awareness. It's like, yeah, this doesn't work for me. This is not empowering me. This is not serving me in any other way, shape, or form. That's cool. I still decide, but it's, you continuously decide. Every moment you can decide to still move forward in the direction of whatever it is that you want, and you can't, you don't give in to, oh, I didn't, you know, oh, yeah, I decided and I failed to. Don't dwell on that. That's still your ego beating you up. Yeah. You mentioned something um, related to the now, right? And, and, mm-hmm. and I don't know, have you read the, the, uh, the book by S.R. Tolley, The Power of Now? Yes. Powerful okay, so, book, so yes. It, it is. And so I, I just, you know, listening to what you're saying, it really is such a powerful thing when you, you know, when you look at how the now is represented, you know, living in the past is insanity, living in the future, all of your memories, right? And this is something that he said that is just absolutely stuck with me in the book. And it's everything that's ever happened to you hasn't happened to you in the future or the past. It's happened to you in the now, right? You know, it, it, was, it, was, it was happening to you right as you were doing it. And so even in your memory, you know, your, your, your mental construct of whatever that was, which you know, gets wonky over time anyways, right? You know, mm-hmm. looking at all of the dialogues you've had or every action, it's always happened in the now. So living your life from the future or the past, that's regrets or, or even some goals, right? It, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't always serve you until you realize that you can be pulled from the future. And, and when you choose to let go of all the past, the anchoring of the past, whether they're good or bad decisions, you know, going back to choice, and live really in the now from the future, I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty powerful thing when uh, you, you make that recognition, recognition and realization, right? And I think that's so uh, intimately connected with what you were saying related to that internal dialogue. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, and I want to talk a little bit about, because you have some extraordinary um, examples of people that you've worked with where you've actually, in a, in a very short period of time, you've had them and coached them through your system where they've actually been able to go from having, you know, okay results, you know, nothing to, you know, snub, snub your nose at. But um, now that they're, they're applying the framework along with the mindset that you share, now they're having, you know, wow, you know, they're having these massive results in a really short time frame. Um, so can you share with us, you know, a little bit about, because you're actually applying this. This is not just talk. This is something that you apply every day with your clients. It's part of the fabric of who you are. You apply it in your business relationships. You apply it, you know, in your personal relationships. It's just, this is, this is Ian. This is how you are. So can you share with me, because I know you sh- when we talked yesterday, you talked to me about a couple people that you're working with who are actual clients, and I think it would be awesome for people to hear uh, some of those stories. So give us just one example of somebody that you worked with and what their before l- looked like, and now, now that they're applying some of these principles, because nobody applies 100% of anything, but you don't have to apply 100% of all the, all the principles. If you start to apply 5 or 10%, you start to see results. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. And, and I appreciate the opportunity. And so what I would say is, um, so I'll, I'll give you one example of, of one of my clients, right? So, you know, he was successful. I, I work with successful people. So it's, it's not, you know, creating something from scratch, which I can do, you know, mm-hmm. but when you take somebody who's successful and, and they're doing successful things, they're smart, what we do is we ratchet that up uh, at, on a level that, you know, and, and the whole 
ethos of, of why I do what I do is to eradicate, eradicate mediocrity, right? To let go of this, this semblance that it's okay to be okay. Uh, because in my world, that's bullshit. It's not, it's not okay to just be okay. You, you know, you're talking about, you know, going six feet under, you know, in our world, we live in the blink of an eye and doing anything less than everything you can is a disservice to who you are. You know, regardless of who you are, what you're doing, be the best damn ice cream truck driver that you can be, right? Leave people uh-huh. with the sensation of being great. And, and we, we help our clients deliver that. And we do it through language, which is, you know, really interesting that we're having this dialogue. You know, and so uh-huh. we've taken, you know, in, in 30 days, we took one of our clients who was doing, I don't know, probably four or $500,000 a year in revenue. He was just kind of a solopreneur doing his thing. With 30 days, we increased his revenue by about $65,000. And that's just the start wow. of, of what's available to him. You know, in the next 60 to 90 days, what we're going to do is we'll probably bump that up by double again without increasing his cost to his business. And, and the way wow. we do that is through shifting the perspective of the mind from a business context. So they change on the personal level, uh, and, and, and their business completely starts to transform simply by way of what they're seeing. And what they're seeing is dictated by what they're thinking, right? You know, so it's the saying, your, your um, thoughts lead to your feelings, your feelings lead to your actions, and your actions or inactions lead to your results or lack of results. So when we start mm-hmm. to shift from, you know, at, at, at the far end, and, and we start to see the, the dominoes fall into place over the, the course of a very short period of time. Most people think change takes a long period of time. Uh, I'm here to say that that's, that is an antiquated that's way true. of thinking. And when you choose, Absolutely. we talk about decision, you know, it can happen in the blink of an eye. And you continue to Absolutely. facilitate that uh, over a period of time. So we work with executives, you know, consultants, um, you know, service providers of you know, kind of running the gamut, helping them shift how they're thinking. And, you know, we've worked with companies that are doing $15, $20 million, $50,000 or $100,000 there is a drop in the bucket. But we've seen some massive results with some of the work we've done in the past uh, in the same sphere of creating just amazing results by improving. You know, if you're making $20 million and you improve your profit margin by 10%, you know, that's, that's a that's substantial nice. sum of money that can be put into somebody's pocket, and we have those results. Um, and so it's really interesting to have and to be able to, to share that through language with people. Yeah, and some of it, some, some of it is really uh, subtle, <laughs> subtle little insights that you apply. That you, you know, I love what Alex Mendozian says. He always says that you can't see the label you know, in your jar. You and I are like jars, mm-hmm. and all of us have labels. But because we're inside the jar, our perspective is from inside the jar looking out. So, you know, we don't see the label that everybody else is seeing. So by you hiring someone to come in and help you with your business that can actually see the label and read, you know, the nitty-gritty details, they can come in with a different perspective, especially when they have repeatedly had the success that you're looking to gain yourself. Now they can say, okay, you know what, I can totally see your label here. You know, these are some of your blind spots. Everybody has blind spots. It doesn't mean that you're Mm -hmm. less than or that you're defective or that you need to be fixed or anything. It's just that, you know, it's an area of growth, and now somebody can come forward and say, okay, now, Ian, you're going to give us the ABCs as to, okay, what it is, and that tiny little shift, and it, does, and it doesn't have to be a painful shift either, now can propel you forward, and you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, just by applying a few of these things, you know, and without spending a fortune in order to gain, because sometimes 
um, people have been brainwashed to think that, you know, to make money, you have to spend a lot of money to make a lot of money. But you've proven that that's not true. You don't have to, you know, spend a, a boatload of money to make, a, you know, more money. You, you don't. I mean, so to get started, there's, there's a couple of very simple ways that you can start to generate some serious cash flow in a very short period of time. And then it's just using the smart decision to reinvest that to grow financial rate, right? You know, because at mm-hmm. some level, you know, when you have money, it's easier to make money when you're not having to worry. Yeah. You know, if you're looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if you're not worrying about your rent or putting food on the table or whatnot, you're able to really give all of yourself to thinking on a higher level. It's, it is easier, right? You're not, okay, well, crap, if I don't mm-hmm. do this, if I don't make this you have more know, resources. number of dollars, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, even aside from the resources, it's the mental conversation. If I don't make this money, I don't know how my kids are going to eat. That's a, challenging, that's, that's a challenging situation to find yourself in when you're trying to be and think on a very high level of, of, of cognition. So, yeah, it can be very debilitating. It's interesting. It, yeah, it, it is, and I've been there. You know, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent. I don't know how I'm going to pay for anything. I lost everything multiple times. And, you know, it's the, it's the constant drive to, you know, know that there's something else that's going to happen, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get there. Well, if you don't mind being uh, transparent with us and sharing with us one of those occasions where you were, uh, you know, in that place where you're, like, not knowing how ends are going to, you know, how you're going to make ends meet, because I think the number one thing, everybody has fear, let's face it, you know, but where when you have fear in, at the center of your vibration and your awareness, love and fear cannot occupy the same space. And if you let fear take over, then, of course, you're going to make fear-based decisions, which usually don't get re- result in the best, yeah. uh, you know, uh, outcomes. So, but yeah. you can become fearless where you have the fear, but you have a little, you can take it down a notch so that you can let love start to occupy that space and then push out the fear. Then that's where you see tremendous things start to happen. So can you share with us, tell us a little bit about your story about when you were in, you're in a pickle and you didn't know how you're going to make ends meet and things, you know, because that, that happens to everybody. No one is immune and, from that. Yeah. So I'll give you the most recent example. It was three years ago. Uh, you know, three years ago, something like that, two and a half years ago, something. Anyway, so I just met my wife, uh, my, my soon-to-be wife, um, and, you know, I was going to travel around, so I packed up all my stuff in Southern California that I wanted in my car. I was going to drive around, talk to clients, speak on stages, and do all this kind of happy stuff. Anyways, along that, very quickly along that road, some guy who I was doing work with decided that he wanted to buy my company. Uh, so I said, well, let's talk about this. Long story short, he bought my company. I, you know, because he was smart, he had all of this stuff that seemed like it was, he had a track record of success. He had made all of this money, provided, you know, created new industries. And I said, you know, let's do this. Let's work together. I came on, um, I was working as his VP of marketing and sales. And at the end of the day, what ended up happening was I brought in, within six months, I brought in, you know, just south of $3 million of deals. And I needed him to actually close it to set up the, the, the components so we could actually fulfill on the work. And, you know, I, I invested all of my money back into the company. I said, let's do this. I took the money that I had. I said, let's make this work. Uh, I took a massive pay cut. I wasn't, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I wasn't making very much for me. And, you know, it comes out six months later, we're not closing any business. Uh, what ended up happening was he was embezzling money from the company. 
he was writing himself like twenty-five to $40,000 paychecks, um, you know, oh. spending all of his time on, on dating things oh. not. Um, he, wasn't, he wasn't doing anything, and he had taken a lot, millions of dollars of investor money. Uh, and six months in, I said, I can't do this. And so I, I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. You know, I helped. I found, this is, this is telling, I found another person. That, I found three other people to take over the, the work that I was doing. He brought on one of them, and the guy moved from Kansas to Texas, uh, and within, no joke, within a day, the guy had quit his job and went back to Kansas. Um, and wow. so, you know, when I, when I was there, right, I had, I had, I had sold my business. I sold my, my portfolio. I had sold everything. I didn't have any money coming in. I had no savings anymore. And I'm like, well, crap, literally, what am I going to do? I think I had, at that point, I, I got part of my last paycheck because, again, he ran out of money. Uh, so maybe he gave me a thousand bucks and I used that money to drive from, from where I was in Texas to Nashville, which is where my girlfriend at the time was, who's now my wife and, uh, mm-hmm. started, I mean, I was down in the dumps. She supported me for months because I was like, I, I felt worthless. And, um, you know, and after, after a little bit and she's, you know, quite a bit younger than I am, she's, you know, and, and super smart and, and just amazing. And she's like, well, you got to get your ass off the couch. You got to do something. You know, get, get your head together. Let's, let's get your shit straight. Let's go. And uh, it's uh, it a took brilliant months soul, and I by start... the way. She is. She she kicks my butt every day, and I couldn't be happier. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't abuse me, you know, like in, in a positive, uplifting no. way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's actually, it's you know, I had a conversation with her right before I jumped on this call. Um, anyways, and so, you know, I, we started another business, and it kind of petered here and there, but we were making money, and, um you know, I started to get my head on together, uh, and then I ended up, you know, transitioning that company a couple times, ended up piecemealing that one off at the beginning of this year, you know, but for months, we, you know, so how am I going to put, you know, food on the table? How am I going to, you know, how are we going to pay rent? You know, I went from, you know, not really worrying about much at all, doing what I wanted, how I wanted, when I wanted, to not knowing if I could pay a $650 a month, uh, you know, rent, you know, that's not including the other stuff that we had. My car was paid off, and I mean, at the end of the day, we made it work, and, uh, you know, I just had to choose that, you know, that I was not living uh, in the life that I knew that I was capable of. And so I just had to choose that and then decide that I didn't want what I was having and do something different than what I had been doing. And through that process, I uh, started a business, pivoted that a couple times. Uh, as I said, ended up piecemealing that off at the beginning of this year and uh, put my time, effort, and focus in helping a couple people do some things that I knew I was really good at. Um, and again, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars were made from those processes. And, uh, you know, now we have this business, uh, because like you, Lillian, I, I don't know if I could work for somebody. <laughs> yeah. It's once you've been self-employed, it's really difficult to go work for somebody else where you're having to, um, you know, be under their authority. And it's not that you're not a team player, but as, you know, being the captain of your own ship and knowing, you know, you have a, uh, you know, entrepreneurs, I think by definition, we're very passionate individuals, we're visionaries, and we can not fulfill that vision that's burning inside. You have to create it. It's, it's going to be birthed. It's going to, it's, 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 you've already seen the motion, you know, the film in its entirety, and now it has to be done. And so anything that gets in the way is really, it's like, it's really a bother. It's really a rub. It's really annoying. And so if you go work for somebody else, they don't care about your vision. They want you to buy into their vision. <laughs> Absolutely, right? 
and, and even if you're at the start of it, right, you know, if it's a new company, yeah. uh, you know, there's only so much um, control of the rudder that you have. And I think at the end yeah. of the day, you know, when, when, we, when you really look at what you, what you um, are committed to, not what you want, because mm-hmm. what you want and what you're committed to are two different things. It goes back to the internal mm-hmm. dialogue that we have. I want lots of things. I don't have those lots of things. So I'm not committed to having them. When you're committed to it, you're committed to it every day, you know, the world will get out of your way and make that a reality as long as you take that consistent action because you're committed to the outcome. You're committed to it. That's it's, it's a yeah. completely different distinction that we could talk about hours or talk on hours about Absolutely. Uh, the difference of commitment, you know. Well, and I think what you said a minute ago, and I want to point this out, is, you know, you were focusing when, and we all do this, every single one of us, when, you know, the poo-poo hits the fan and we hit rock bottom and now all of a sudden, you know, you, you've gone from never really, you know, you've gone from be, feeling very much empowered, making a lot of money, being able to pay for whatever it is that you want, knowing that you can create these windows of opportunity to all of a sudden it's like, oh, my goodness, uh, now I'm like, how am I going to put food on the table? How am I going to, how, how I gonna, you know, sustain myself? Now you're, again, in the left brain, and we don't realize it when we first start doing it, but they're fear-based questions, and they're not the most effective questions that are going to empower us, but we're focusing on how are we going to put food on the table? How am I going to make money? How am I going to – and once mm-hmm. we realize that it's like, okay, I need to stop feeding the fear monster – and go, okay, what is, what, you know, when you ask a more effective question, it's like, okay, what can I do today that can move me towards, you know, bringing a dollar in? What can I provide a value to somebody else that they're willing to pay for that they don't have otherwise? And you start to move in that direction, which is, you can just feel it in your body, how it feels much better to say, it's like, okay, what can I provide? What is the next step that I have to take that will move me towards my goal of providing, filling the void for somebody that somebody else is willing to, you know, it's a value to them and they're will have equal fair trade where they're going to pay me for this because they have something they don't have and I can give it to them. Your body feels better. Uh, you feel more empowered than how am I going to put food on the table? Well, so it's like, I, I, that's your first indicator. But, and, and, here, let me, and, and I'm sure you've experienced this probably for yourself. I know I have and with oh, other yeah. people. Oh. Again, it's taking the time and being aware of what you're feeling. Right? You know, it's, yeah. when you have all these thoughts, but, you know, if, if you don't know that you're not feeling a certain way or you, you don't know that mm-hmm. it's, you know, that your, 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 your anger, your frustration is simply based off of you woke up and when you woke up, you got out of bed and you stepped on a Lego and that's why you're snapping at your employee. <laughs> you don't take the time to make that connection, you know? Like, I know. Yeah. I've done that. That's a real world example of something I've done, you know? And, uh, and so when, when, we, when, when you take the time. It's, it is, it is. And and with that being said, I want to leave. Uh, we're getting ready here to uh, wrap up our show here, but I have a friend who shared with me a great meditation that I just learned in the last couple of days, and I I really do believe it's making a big difference for me. I tend to be a funny, happy, I can laugh at anything uh, pretty easily kind of a person, but um, the meditation is this, and I think it comes from either the Tao or the Buddhist uh, tradition where um, his, my friend's name is Glenn, and he said what you do is first thing in the morning, when, first thing when you wake up, before you get out of bed, you go through your entire body and you smile at each organ in your body. So you smile at your mm-hmm. heart, you smile at your liver, you smile at your spleen, you smile at your stomach, you smile at your intestines, you smile at your brain, you smile at your eyeballs, you smile at your tongue, you smile at your, your organ, your privates and so forth. You smile at every cell in your body. 
and then you wake up and get out of bed. And you'll mm-hmm. have a, obviously a higher vibe by sure virtue that you have taken the time to mindfully focus on all your internal organs and smile at them. And now you're, you know, you're greeting the day and you're showing up your awareness, your presence as you meet anybody or talk to anybody in any way, shape, or form is going to be with that higher vibration of joy and smiling. True story. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, it's, I don't use that same thing. I'm going to give it a shot because I love that kind of stuff. I, you know, but every day I wake up and I, you know, I, I, I am militant about saying the things I'm grateful for. Um, and it's, and it's mm-hmm. so interesting. And I'm, I don't have a familiarity with this. It's just, it's an interest, um, you know, but the different, you know, your different organs and how you have different pain in different parts of your body, the kinesiology mm-hmm. of it, right? You know, and, and how mm-hmm. that will impact what you think, right? You know, or, or if, you're, if you're having money problems, maybe your lower back hurts. Or if you're, if you're not letting go of something, maybe your, your shoulder on your right arm is hurting. I think that, that kind of thing is fascinating. And so when you send the right kind of attention and intention to those different areas of your body, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that that's a powerful practice. Yeah, and this is a true story. It's funny because just uh, last week I had a movie premiere. <clears throat> and the movie premiere, um, it was a red carpet movie premiere that they were showing this film. And I get invited to a lot of those because of what I do for a living. And so, in this, and I don't always check to see what the movie content is because it's irrelevant as to what the movie content is because I'm there. I often have to be there because there's certain people I have to connect and I need to meet with. They expect me to be there, yada, yada. So um, uh, I'm usually very judicious about what I allow my eyes to see when it comes to watching films, TV shows, etc. But there are certain things, <clears throat> like I said, of the business that I cannot avoid. This particular movie happened to be very, uh, very heavy. Very, the subject matter has to do with poli- the dark side of what's happening in the country of Bolivia. So okay. it's not exactly a movie that was lighthearted in any way, shape, or form. There was, mm-hmm. It was very dark, very heavy. However, the person who was sitting to the, to the left of me happened to be a very <clears throat> lighthearted, enlightened soul and despite the fact, and this is just to show you how powerful this meditation is, because it was so comical. I hadn't seen this person for like three years. And for some reason, from the get-go, I, I could only see things as being, I, it just, everything struck me as funny. And there's nothing funny about this film. So this person and I laughed and giggled. It, can you imagine laughing and giggling through Saving Private Ryan? <laughs> Oh Lord! <laughs> no, that, does that make any sense? Yeah. Does it make any sense? Does, does it? No. no. Yet that was my experience, and so when he later told me a few days later about this meditation, I'm like, well, that's why I could not stop laughing and giggling. Everything, you know, the movie was uh, done in Spanish, and then of course it had subtitles in English. And I remember, mm-hmm. you know, the, in the movie, like one of the first things that struck me as funny. There was nothing funny about this movie, by the way. Um, it says something about the resistance. Why my brain went to the Hunger Games, which is another dark movie, I'm yeah. thinking it just struck me as funny. And it said something about uh, um, this um, this park in Bolivia called Tipness. And I thought, oh, like the Hunger Games, Katniss. So that struck me as funny. But that's because I was <laughs> reacting to the vibe of this guy next to me who has this happy thing meditation that he does every day. And I'm like, isn't that interesting? That's tangible proof, not only to me, but to you and to anybody who's listening to this. How beautiful is that? Wouldn't you like to show up in the world where you have that positive feeling vibe with everybody you come in contact with? 
how blessed would you be? What would I mean, you do with that? When, when I take the time and I do something similar to that, I mean, the results are mm-hmm. staggering, right? You know, it, but I, they the are. conversations, the, the random conversations that you're willing to have at that point, because you, your perspective of somebody is not that, oh, they're just going to try to sell me on this, or they're going to try to do this, or they're going to try yeah. to do that, or whatever it may be. It's, you, you look at it through a completely different set of lenses. And, Absolutely. And you, the outcomes are different simply because you're not, you know, that person who just cut you off on the freeway, well, they're not being a jerk. Maybe, maybe they're yeah. late for their kid's baseball game or, you know. They may be unaware or, that you were even there. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, 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 it's a total sh- perspective shift. Uh, and mm-hmm. and I, that, is, that is what is needed most, uh, I think, with most people is shifting what they see. Um, and you can choose to see whatever you want to see. And, you know, when well, you say, I'm going to look for the good because I feel like this, ah, that's an easier way to live in my world. Well, and it's interesting because once you are intentional with this, your vibe will attract your tribe, and you will start to attract Mm -hmm. more people that are like this in your life experience who are more positive, who are more uplifting, and you start to see crazy things happen that there's no way in your own power you know that you're not the only one um, that has a hand in your life. You can see the power of the universe, God, whatever you want to call it. You can see a greater force that is now conspiring to make sure that you're going to succeed and you're going to move even faster, at light years faster than what you normally would have the way you were doing it before. And that's the encouragement, that evidence. And I know for you and for myself, you know, in the, I've known you since 2013. I believe I met you at CEO Space. You were faculty at CEO Space back in 2013, mm-hmm. May of 2013. And uh, I know that because of that open heart-centered communication and you have a, a genuine love for people, that was one of the things that attracted me to you. We ended up sitting down after CEO Space, I'll never forget. And we've been like wonderful friends ever since, even though we don't talk to each other. We go through periods where we'll talk a lot, a lot, a lot, and then all of a sudden, you know, life takes us, you know, where we don't talk for months. And then we yep. we get reconnected again, but you know it, I, we know that we're going to be friends for the rest of our lives, kind of a thing, because we really are in that space. And it's and, and that's such such a pleasant thought as opposed to the constant work at it, right? Because I agree with everything you mm-hmm. just said. And I think I remember that when we sat down, we sat down. Um, you know, I'm a visual person. I'm visual, kinesthetic, mm-hmm. auditory. And you know, I remember you know seeing you were sitting down at a table. There was a lamp on the table. We were by the windows, mm-hmm. and it's just, it was kind of late afternoon. Exactly. And we just had a general yes. dialogue. And so, you know, and I think the, the lesson that I, would, that I would hope that people take away is uh, you can choose to see uh, whatever you want to see in this world. You can choose to see the bad, or you can choose to see the good. That's in yourself is where it starts, and it ends up with the people you have relationships with and the people you meet uh, as passerbys. And that's directly correlated to the kind of results that you choose to have in your life. And I think that, that lesson, that, the heart-centered lesson, that starts, you know, just such an interesting um, and, and really valuable thing to, to take a look at and, and start to, start to use and, and really leverage in your day-to-day life. And there it is, your, your ladies and gentlemen. Choose to see what it is that you really want to see. Uh, we're going to be posting a link to your contact information, Ian, if anyone, anyone would like to get in touch with you. 
The show today was sponsored by the Anaheim Home and Garden Show, August 19th, 20th, and 21st at the Anaheim Convention Center. Hope to see you there. Ian, thank you for blessing us with your presence today and sharing all of who you are. And I really honor you and respect you a great deal for the big change and the big presence that you are in this world and just living your life in authenticity and in proof and uh, just being an open soul and just putting it all out there. Love you, my friend. Hey, Lillian. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I, I always so thoroughly enjoy our dialogue. Uh, absolutely. And, and I, I really appreciate all the insight I have gained and gleaned from you over the years. So uh, thank you again, and you have a fantastic day. All right. Peace and love always.